Welcome back, everybody, to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Once again, it's Ben. Once again, it is Andrew. It is Andrew, everybody. And it is also Tim. Again. We're back again. Yes. <laughs> yes, two-parter. One of those A rare times later. we're bringing guests again the week yes. after. Does this Get happen ready. often where you got a two-parter with the same guest? Not too often. Not back-to-back, usually. Sometimes, you know, a guest comes back, but that's like many months later. But uh, not this often. So uh, last time we were on uh, Batman Returns, and now this time we're on Batman Forever. Uh, This time you are Batmobile designer, Tim Flattery, because this this time you got the opportunity to do the Batmobile. So we're definitely going to dive into that. And I know there's many stories and many different iterations for that, and we've kind of covered it a little bit from our end, but we haven't really gone into your side of it, uh, obviously, because this is the first time that you're here talking about it. So uh, let's do what we did before and just kind of go down what we already have in terms of slides for what we have. We, uh, the original opening was going to have Arkham Asylum and it was built in, with this miniature that we have pictures of, which I thought it was awesome. We love this Arkham Asylum uh, that's in mm-hmm. it. It does feel like uh, the DNA of the Burton movies sort of finding its way into Schumacher in this one. So uh, yeah, really sure. love that. I'm- I uh, didn't even notice. Uh, I didn't remember this artwork from John Eves, um, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's kind of rare to see the uh, the exterior because we mainly remember, you know, the gate and the interior. But uh, this the building, right. it's kind of rare to see these shots from forever specifically before they did the stuff in Batman and Robin. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we have this concept art that uh, was it seems like in this exhibit that it was part of, it was credited to the unmade Batman unchained movie, but it's pretty much the same exact scene of, of Dr. Burton finding the guard that was deleted in the, uh, the opening of Batman forever. So we threw that in there as well. Yeah. I can uh, confirm that was for Batman forever. Jim Carson did that. And, and while we were in pre-production. Okay. So there awesome. we go. Yeah. So there's that, there's our confirmation on that. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. Uh, and then we have uh, designs of the Batcave. On yeah. here. Uh, and by and, the way, this is that was this is Marty Klein. So we were talking a lot about his work on um, mm-hmm. last week with with um, Batman Returns. And again, here he steps in on uh, um, on Batman Forever doing uh, Batcave stuff again. Now that does bring me to something that I had thought about, which is the fact that you know you became part of both Batman Returns and Batman Forever. And those are very different, you know, creative teams, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. So go, I guess, share with us a little bit in terms of how that came apart. I mean, I understand you worked with Schumacher on movies in between Batman Returns and Batman Forever. Yeah. So, um, so on Batman Returns, you're right. I mean, it was a completely different set of circumstances where Tim Burton, um, was helming the movie and then um they wanted to do another one michael keaton um wasn't about to get that suit on again he was miserable on that thing um <laughs> and and from from what i hear tim told the whatever stories he needed to tell um, through his lens mm-hmm. and so the um the studio, this is actually a funny story. The studio contacted Joel Schumacher about it, thinking, okay, well, let's take this in a different direction. And so I had done Falling Down with Joel Schumacher um, and Barbara Ling, which was just 
a, an amazing experience to get inside Joel's head for a movie like that. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it with Michael Douglas, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty hardcore. Yeah. And then um, he was doing the client and with Susan Sarandon. Um, and he ran into an issue where he was trying to come up with a sequence and he wasn't, he wasn't happy what was going on. And so he called up and he said, can you, can you fly down here to Memphis? I think it was Memphis. He said, just come down for a week and, and work out this, um, the suicide sequence with me. Uh, I want you to storyboard it and, and that's it. And I said, sure. So I flew down there and while we were in his office down there, you know, he's describing stuff he wants and I'm doing, I'm storyboarding. He gets the call from Warner brothers Ooh, while oh, I was wow. in his office. And he, he hung up the phone. <laughs> he, he looked at me and he said, they just offered me Batman. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, they want me to do the new Batman. I'm like, you got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I think I want to do it. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. So that's, that's like the way back story. And, um, so we, we, I worked on the client a little bit with them and then I went, and I think I did another movie before I got the call to come on. So he hired Barbara Ling again as his production designer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, she called up and they just said, look, the studio wants to do, um, like they want to redo everything and including the Batmobile Mm. and we we want you to do the Batmobile. And then that's how it happened. So then I, I started in and then the story goes on from there. We can get into that farther as we go into some of the rest of this artwork, but that's, that's how, that, that's how it happened. That's how I came onto the film. Awesome. Especially That's with awesome. the uh, the Batmobile, which we'll be uh, talking about in a bit, because uh, we only have yeah. a few slides of the Batcave stuff before we get to Batmobile Batmobile designs. So, yeah, uh, a little bit more of the cave. This looks like the cave beneath the cave, since it has the the Batwing in there. These are really cool. I don't recognize those. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, yeah, that one. I believe Those we got that one from cool. from Daily Batman Anthology or Daily Schumacher on Twitter. Oh. I recognize the signature. That's Sid Dutton. So he, oh. he did a lot of matte painting um, mm. for illusion. And um, he's a god, the matte painter. So he they probably had him doing some concepts for it. Yeah. No, this looks great. Uh, and then now we get into the Batmobile, starting with uh, the Giger stuff. We've right. Talked about the, the very so the scissors that are uh, on multiple wheels uh, in terms yeah. of starting it off. And um, that kind of starts things. And then we get into some of these that are your designs, right? Yeah. So um, it's funny that you showed the Giger stuff first because that actually came later. There was, mm. Oh, okay. Um, so do you, do you want me to get into this part of the story Please do. now? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> man, it gets ugly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we want to know even more now. <laughs> So, um, so, okay, so the, we go from, hey, we, you know, get in here, we, you know, whatever. Okay, fine. So Joel's still on the client. He's mm-hmm. editing the client. And um, we're starting on pre-production for Batman. And they're laying it out and, you know, he's, 
you know, definitely wants to take it in a different direction and make it, you know, more campy, like the, the TV show, and maybe it doesn't take itself so serious, and, you know, on and on, okay. But when it came to the Batmobile, he was like, you know, I'm not sure, he, he wasn't sure what he wanted, so I, I just had free reign, so, you know, he said, I love the Bob Kane Batmobile, and I love, you know, the retro feel, and on and on. I said, well, why don't I do, like, um, some passes at different you know different styles we'll run the renderings by you you can pick a direction and we'll develop them from there and he said that sounds good so what you're seeing here so i did um the top one was kind of like a, a you know a, a pushed version of what bob kane um had done in his comic and and joel did say which is why you see the big fin on everyone he said he loves the huge fin and he knows that he okay. wants that in there. And so I said, okay. And so the bottom one was sort of like a 60s retro feel to the turbine um, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And then I and then I'd done a couple more, which was like, a, um, yeah. So you'll see the lower right one was, again, it paying homage to some of the 40s type styling and, and lines to um, what Ford was doing back then. Mm -hmm. um and also kind of like incorporating bob bob kane's you know flavor to it and again with the big fan and then we just went to like what if it was fully stealth uh, you know a hard faceted um kind of idea so these were all done just as, as marker sketches like you've seen some of my marker sketches prior and um sat down with joel and barbara ling and you know and he had had picked these uh, these five different directions, and that's why you see models of them. Because the next step was to make scale models of these, mm -hmm. so that he could see them in 3D, walk around them, get to feel them out. And so um, that's what we did. These are all clay, uh, Siobhan clay, uh, all sculpted mm. out of clay. Wow. Um, and then we, you know, prime them and paint them from from there. So it was me and I don't know, probably I think like six other guys that um, sat down and modeled these out. And we were on a pretty tight schedule because they they wanted to get this movie out. They set a release date and you back that up and it only gave me, I don't know, five or six months to get all this done. And so I was kind of sweating it out. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so we we had the day where we were presenting uh, the models to him, he came through and he looked at this stealth version, this fat, hard faceted version. And um, is the stealth one had, any of these that we showed or no? That, uh, that, so if you go, if you go back, uh, the, the blocky one? one on the top, no, go forward. Yeah, it's, it's like the B2 bomber. This, this one here, the bluish uh, faceted one on the top. Ah, okay. Um, I call it a stealth version because it's got hard facets to it, mm -hmm. um, like a stealth fighter does. So anyway, and I mean, that was that. my inspiration behind um, the design was a stealth fighter and how it's faceted, you know, mm -hmm. hard edged and flat surfaces. So anyway, so he came through and he, we had all models together uh, in the art department. And he, he, he picked this hard faceted version. That was going to be the next Batmobile. Mm -hmm. And um, he was looking at it, 
saying, you know, maybe if we just do this, this, and this to the back end, uh, you know, he wanted to change a couple things on the back end. And I said, yeah, we'll go in and change the model and bring it back in a week and we can do final buy-off. And he said, that sounds great. So we went back to the shop. I made the adjustments to the back end, repainted it. And then that meeting was going to be the final buy-off. Well, the final buy-off included all the studio executives, all the producers, me, uh, Barbara Ling, you know, I mean, pretty much everybody, you know, behind the movie. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. This was going to be the new Batmobile. And, you know, obviously it's some merchandising, you know, kind of gold mine and everything. There's a lot into it. So I brought the model in. We're all waiting. Joel was late. <laughs> he comes in. Uh-oh. He comes into the room and, uh, he comes in and he goes, he's looking right at me. And he said, you know, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. He said, my head hasn't been in the movie. It's been in, on the client. As you know, I'm trying to finish up the client, but I've really been thinking about this Batmobile. And I'm like going, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. And I've been giving it a lot of thought. Here we go. And he goes, I've been a bad director. I'm like, here it comes. He goes, I think it should be something different. Like, oh boy, here we go. I'm fucked. <laughs> Which and design she, was it almost? Was it the uh, faceted one? Yes, it was this fat. This is was this, the final. This yeah. So this, this was going to be was, it, huh? Okay. This was going to be it. This faceted one on the top. This was, this meeting was just to, for the final buy off on this design. So okay. He had already, he had already approved this design, but then he got to thinking about it. And to his credit, he was right, you know. Um, you know, but he got to thinking about it and he was like, so he started it by saying, I've been a bad director. And I was like, God, I know I'm screwed now. <laughs> and, and he just said, I think it should be something more organic, you know, something like a more bat like, and, you know, like something Giger would design. And mm-hmm. I, and, 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 and I mean, just so you, you never tell a director, no, that's the number one rule. Right. And yeah. so I was like, well, um, you know, we were four months out. I'm, I'm panicked. I, you know, and he, he got it. I mean, basically, I said, well, I don't know. I don't know how. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull this off. We've got to redesign a new design. We got to maybe I can use the old chassis from the other Batmobile. That'll gain us some time. And he, he, he's like, are you telling me no? And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you no. And <laughs> and he was like. <laughs> You know, so what's the fucking problem then? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, you don't want to be that guy, but I, I, I was like, I wasn't gonna. How am I gonna get this done in four and a half months? Build a whole working car, design it, and build full, a whole working car. And um, so it got really tense in the meeting. He got he ended the meeting. He ended the meeting pissed off, pissed off at me. Everybody walked out, and I went back to my. Um, I went back to the art department in the room that I shared with a couple other guys, Jim Carson, Marty Klein, Brent Boats. There's four of us in there, five of us in there. And he came to the door and he just stood in the door staring at me, seething <laughs> at me, so mad. He was so mad wow. at me. And and I and I looked and I'm like, What, Joel? What? And he goes, I don't know what your problem is. We've had such a good relationship on our last two movies and now this. 
you know, and like, like I was betraying him. And I said to him, I said, let me just, I said, let me sit down and figure it out and we'll make it work. And he goes, well, then we don't have a problem, do we? I'm like, no, we don't have a problem. <laughs> Fine. Wow. And he slammed the door and he started off. Well, that Jeez. same day he, he called Giger and that, and that's, that's why those first sketches that you should, yeah. So, so that's how that came called, about. Jesus. Called, so it wasn't all of a sudden it was like, I'll show that fucking guy. And so he called Giger himself. And while I was working on my design, no one, he didn't tell me that he contacted Giger. I didn't know that he contacted Giger. He just said he wanted something Giger-esque. So, you know, I started going down that route, combining bats and barberling, you know, wanted like, you know, maybe we do like their little wings that are wrapped around in a rib cage and try that. And so, you know, I was, those were the sketches that I was working on. Well, all the while, Joel, Joel calls Giger, and he sends them this. Now, while these are super cool designs, even Joel realized, like, he, how do I put this in the movie? Like, how does this, <laughs> right. fit? How does this fit in my movie? You mm -hmm. know, um, because it doesn't. And so fast forward to, I had done a version of the final design um, that only had like a couple ribs in it. Here's the bat boat. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm not sure if I got the one of only this two. one. Yeah. So, so yeah, so this one, and I, I showed him this and he was like, you know, finally things had calmed down and, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is the direction I want. You know, maybe if we just do the ribs all the way across the body. And that's what, and that's what I, so I did the final sketch of that side view that you had in the first slide that, that, that was the sketch that he bought off on. And then if you go to the next slide, it was that sketch that got me back into the clay model um, mm. here. So mm, you yeah. can see on the wall behind there, those are, those are my one? marker sketches of the other designs. Mm -hmm. So we got into, this was in the shop. So we got into this, I think this was like fifth scale. And this was so important because um, Charlie Zurian, who's a guy that I've partnered with many times, like on Back to the Future and some other movies to build my vehicles that I designed. Guy's a genius. We were both looking at this thing going, oh, we don't have a clue how to make, <laughs> how to, I mean, how do you make this? How do you build mm -hmm. this? And then there's a whole other story with the studio involved because they there's a lot of politics that get involved with um, with the construction of this as well that I can tell you about if you want to hear about it later. Um, but this was so crucial in the process because there were no there wasn't digital technology back then, so it wasn't like I mm -hmm. could do a digital model, trust it, and then cut all the tooling on a mill like we do now. Like literally this all had to be sculpted by hand, hand tooled, hand molded, and then mm -hmm. laid up. And um, either like most of it was was done in carbon fiber, but there was a lot that was done in epoxy as well. So we were pushing super new materials for back then. Nobody had done a full car in carbon fiber before. But this was the this model was the roadmap as to how we were gonna build this car in full size. And um, so he just uh, bought off on 
I never finished the model in regards to painting it like the other models were finished. This is as far as it got because I ran out of time and I went right to full size. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I know that was long winded, but there's a lot. No, no, no. No, it's so much backstory to the (laughs) and the, the dynamics behind it and the crew that we put together to build it. It was like, if, if it had to happen again, it never would. Like wow. the fact that we pulled it off was no less than a miracle. Like it was a miracle that we actually finished it in time. Was that the was most steamed you'd ever seen uh Schumacher? <laughs> he was, Joel was a passionate dude, man. And, okay. um, and I, no, I've seen him equally as mad on set. Him and Val did not get on well yeah. with each other. Or that's no, no too. Mm. Uh, that's no secret. And, you know, I'd see him, I mean, he, look, the guy's a passionate artist, you know, um, sometimes passion leads to emotion and we're all part of that. And certainly Joel was too, but to put, yeah, he was pissed off at me, but, um, and it, and he held a grudge. Like he doesn't let up. He held a grudge the whole time. Like we, we got this thing done and we did our first <laughs> film test. It's on my website. It's the one with the flame shooting out of it, mm. out the back. And um, he walked by me and on set. And Val Kilmer was there because we were doing publicity photos with it too. And Val, Val came up. And he goes, "That's the coolest fucking car I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't believe it." That must have felt good. Who, who designed it? And Joel <laughs> looks right at me and just said something to the effect of, "Well, we all did." And then oh, he walked man. by me, and he walked by me, and he said, "And you said you couldn't do it." And then he kept going. <laughs> he was still mad. This was like, I don't oh, get it because God. you delivered. You delivered. The, the car was made. He got yeah, what he but, wanted. But I, but I, in 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 his mind, you know, I told him no, and he flustered, uh, and he got flustered. He was mad. He was mad, and yeah, and no. so, and I, you know, I just didn't want to. When you say yes, that's it. There is yeah. no turning back. And I, I couldn't bring myself to say yes in that meeting because I didn't know what the design was going to be. I hadn't mm-hmm. designed it right. yet. And if I knew it was going to be this, I would have said no. <laughs> I've been like, there's no way we can do that. You know? Just to go back, just to go back real quick, uh, out of these, do you have any favorites? Out of the unused ones? Out of the unused ones. So yeah. if you go forward, um, I, that lower right, I love um, I loved the proportions of this car. I love the, it was long and sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not the Batmobile unless you're coming from Bob Kane's world, a futuristic Bob Kane's world, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, a, on, a, on the principles of design, the five principles of design, right? Like the dominance, the subdominance, the harmony, the rhythm, the balance, that car does it for me. Um, mm. But if you were to ask me out of these designs, what's my favorite Batmobile? The one we built for sure, because he, Joel was right. I mean, if one of these was in the movie, it'd be like, what is that? That's not a Batmobile. <laughs> it's just a fucking futuristic car with a wing on it, you know? So he was right. I mean, there's no question about it. 
We um, actually do really love these originals. I'm not. You can yeah. go back in the in the backlog and, and know that we're not just saying it because you're here. We actually do really like uh, a lot of these because of that that retro feel that you were going for. Like I, I when I saw the fin, I've I've brought up in many episodes. I'm like, that's 1940s Batmobile. That's Bob yeah. Kane. So I can see what you're doing there. And to an extent, I can see that the you know the movie changes when it's this type of thing. But also in a way, I'm like, you know what? It already does have the the feel of the 1940s Batman comics modernized to the 90s. So I, I do kind of wonder what if, you know, on a lot of these, what if we got to see this, uh, this version instead, when we take a look at these, we, uh, I think Andrew and I have both said that we would have, we would have loved to have gotten toys of these, you know, growing I, lo well. I love the stealth one, especially Tim. I think mm -hmm. I would have loved to have gotten that toy in particular. I might not fit the whole, whole overall aesthetic of the movie as much as the other one, but yeah, I mean, I could see why this was like in second place, mm -hmm. but it it is definitely not organic at all. But because <laughs> you I don't didn't know, know that's the direction. Yeah, I like the simple design though. It's very mm -hmm. uh, very simple and clean. Mm -hmm. It would have been a hell of a lot easier to build. That's <laughs> <laughs> we can imagine. But, um, yeah. It's really good to hear you guys say that because um, I've never. I've never been validated on these designs like you've just done here. The fact that you said you recognize where my inspiration came from, which was Bob Kane retro in my designs just makes me feel like, okay, fuck, I, I did it, you know, um, you cause I yeah. hadn't, hadn't heard that before. And that was the whole drive of all five of those designs was a very variation on homage to Bob Kane and what he did in the comics. Yeah, that's that's absolutely what this is. Um, you know what the feel of the movie I think was it was intended in, in many times, and that's that's what I see when I see these in particular. And then it kind of gets you know meshed with the gigaresque like ribcage stuff. But when I look here, I'm like, oh, that's even more retro. It's even more uh, of yeah. that '40s type of stuff. You wouldn't mm -hmm. still happen to have these models, would you, Tim? <laughs> no. Um, God, you know what? Ben? We'd love these. That's a good question. I I should. Um... I think Warner Brothers ended up with them because they weren't even, when we ended up building the final design, these models weren't even in the shop anymore. I think they moved over to Warner Brothers archives. Um, if, if NECA, the toy company mm -hmm. or some other like storm collectibles or whatever, McFarlane thinks that they can't make money off of these designs, they're wrong. This is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole like unused, Batmobile line of yeah. toys, you know, kind of high end, probably mm -hmm. more like toys for adults kind of thing. Uh, right. Like what's pretty much NECA is. And a lot of them are these days. I mean, it, it would sell, man. I really think it would sell. It'd be so cool. We'd get them, have them yeah. in the background yeah, for sure. I would too. Yes. I think, I think I agree with you. I, you know, like, again, it's um, a licensing issue with Warner brothers, which is funny because, my name is still on the patent of my Batmobile. I've got it hanging on my wall. Oh, nice. Um, oh. And the Batboat. I have three patents from this movie. The wing mechanism, you know, how it splits. Mm -hmm. oh, the wow. Batboat and the Batmobile. I've got the patent plaques um, here. Um, so my name's still on the patent as the inventor of the Batmobile. But Warner Brothers, there was a whole day where I had to go in and me, Warner Brothers uh, representatives, and then DC representatives were all in this office, and there were all the stacks of paper lined up on a table where I had to sign over the rights as the designer to Warner Brothers. 
And then Warner Brothers had to sign over the rights to DC because they own they own Bat- Batman, right? right? Um, so even though I'm, I'll forever have my name on the patent, I do not own the rights. DC does, right? To my yeah. to my design, right? right. Which is interesting. So they would have to whoever <laughs> wanted to make a toy out of this would have to go through the DC, the DC. licensing process. Yeah. That's okay. After this recording, we'll uh, we'll plan a heist to the WB Vault and get this and some of the footage <laughs> from the idea. movie uh, yeah. that didn't make it in. <laughs> so there we go. Um, and then you mentioned some of the studio politics when it came to the Batmobile, the building itself, the design itself. Like, what did you mean by it? Yeah, this, like, you said there was another story to that. This whole movie was one nail biter after another from the very start, <laughs> which was the timeline to then Joel like. Mm-hmm changing his mind to then, all right, now it's time. Okay. So now we have this design Mm -hmm. and now it's time to build it. And I'm in the shop with Charlie and which they formed TFX. And so what, what the story is here is there's a publicity shot is Charlie was a full-time employee at General Motors advanced concept center. He, he would, you know, he built show cars and concept cars. And I had used them on Back to the Future and a few other things. And he moonlighted those movies for me while maintaining his job at GM. Hmm. So I I called him up and I said, look, I'm designing the new Batmobile. Do you want to build it? And he was like, I don't know. Does a frog have a watertight ass? (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) And I said, there's one catch like you're not going to do this one moonlighting what like we got to set up a shop and it's got to be full time because of the schedule and everything else and so he made he made a huge commitment he, you know to quit GM and and wow. do this oh man so so the head of the studio his name was at the time the head of production I should say uh his name was Bill Young and he was this typical back in the day studio exec smoked a cigar and you know kind of a big rah, rah, you know he's had a one earring real... did he have the one earring no he didn't have the earring that was okay like chris o'donnell that was, that was later on on um spider-man 2 that's a whole nother that guy had an earring anyway um no he was old school uh, okay studio exec so smoked a cigar kind of a husky guy wore a you know, crusty suit and tie and, you know, uh, big office and the, you know, all that stuff. So um, <laughs> it had come down to the point where it was time to start building this thing. And um, Tommy Fisher was the uh, physical effects guy on the film. And generally the, uh, those guys like build all the, they'll build a lot of the stuff, right? They, and, and, and those, those effects guys, they want the whole movie. They want to do it all. Uh, and for good reason, they're good at what they do and all this. But um, Tommy was a blunt instrument, basically, right? Like I needed, well, look at this design, like to, to sculpt this right and to figure out the tooling properly, to, to use the right materials. I needed somebody ahead of their time to do it. And it was Charlie Zurian by light years, right? And so I started bidding this with Charlie and the studio got involved and they're like, we want, we want Tommy Fisher to build it. And I was like, Tommy, 
there's no fucking way. Tommy can't build this thing. He's not capable. Wow. So it turned into come to my office, kid. You know, and Jesus. <laughs> cigar in his mouth. Exactly. So Bob Kane's out, best I, friend. So the kind of it was. It, it came down. It came down to this meeting. God, you know, like double down from like the threat of Joel to then the head of the studio. Um, I go in there and I sit, it was just like right out of a movie. I sit on his couch and it kind of like sat, sank way down, you know, <laughs> as I sat in it facing the studio exec. And he's like, what's this I hear about? Yeah, your your Batmobile and Tommy Fisher, blah, blah, blah. Tommy, you know what Tommy Fisher's done in his lifetime more than you've ever fucking... You're, you were just a squirt in your daddy's knickers before you ever even heard of Tommy Fisher, I, blah, blah, blah. I want to meet this guy. all this stuff. And, and, I mean, you know, that's intimidating. You got it, right? Yeah. And, and I said, I said, listen, you know, Mr. Young, uh, I know I'm young. You know, look at me. I'm 24, 25 at the time. I said, I understand and I am well aware of Tommy Fisher and I'm, um, he has all my respect, but you've seen this design and only a true concept car builder can pull this off. Otherwise, it's going to look like shit and it's not going to run. And, um, and he's like, no fucking way. And we were in there for two hours arguing. Like, I wasn't going to let up. I wasn't going to let up. Oh, wow. To the point where, like, you know, he wasn't threatening me. But then at the end, he threatened me. So long story short, he said, all right, all right, kid. All right, all right. I'll make you a deal then. Because <laughs> there's no way Tommy Fisher isn't going to be overseeing this thing. You know, who the fuck are you to tell me? Blah, blah, blah. He said, uh. The only way this is going to work is if Tommy Fisher builds that chassis. It's all under one roof. You put these guys under one roof and they build it together. And I was like, deal. Charlie Zurian builds the body and makes it work. Tommy Fisher builds the chassis. Yes. Okay, deal. He goes, otherwise, he goes, this is your Batmobile, kid. If it doesn't work, and he did this to me, which was basically... If this doesn't, if you don't, if you don't pull this off, you want your guy, you want your Charlie Zurian. If you don't pull this off, you know that's it for you, pal. Kind of thing, you know. Jesus. And I just, and I just said, God. I'll take it. So I called up Charlie. I'm like, look, we can't fuck this one up, man. I just made a deal <laughs> with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man! And, Satan himself in Hollywood. Yeah, and um, he's he's a good dude, and I mean, I you know, Bill Young. I mean, obviously, he's he understood the stakes, and he's got to go with the guy he trusts. And Tommy Fisher mm-hmm. uh, pulls through every time. I mean, the guy's made a bazillion movies, you know, and his son now is taking over where he left off. And those guys, they're they're amazing. So um, we put the worst thing you can do is put hardcore physical effects guys in a shop full of a bunch of gypsy car builders. They're just not going to get on together. And, you know, and Tommy was already fucking pissed off that like I made this deal and he wasn't going to just be building the car from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So there was tension all the way through and we were working 24 hours a day 
in the shop and these guys i don't know if you've seen the documentary about this stuff but you'll see yeah. footage of we were like riding go-karts in the shop and making other like you know um solo wheels and putting mini bike motors on them and like doing all because you know you put a bunch of tinkers in one, under one roof and we're going to tinker and it drove tommy fucking crazy <laughs> um so anyway so fast forward to he built the chassis it was he was a blunt instrument i mean built it out of two by six um uh steel stock square stock uh, he didn't that wasn't even a tube frame and um, we put a zz3 crate motor in it which was good and then he didn't even um put suspension in it to start so weird it, yeah it was it was and i'm and i kept saying to him and he's like i know better than you kid you know how many movies you've done how many movies i've done and i'm like tommy the car's got to have suspension so sure enough the first, we took it to mojave's airport to test drive it for the first time down the runway mm-hmm. and the stunt driver he's looking over the car and he comes up to me he's in his fire suit and he's like tim wh- why doesn't this car have suspension <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he asked, <laughs> he's like, I, don't, I, he's like I, I can do about a quarter of the things I need to do in this car if it doesn't have suspension. And I'm like, that's oh, Tommy, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it would just bounce all over the fucking place. <laughs> and the wing, you know, 16 feet of wing back there, and it's just flopping all over, even though it was honeycomb and carbon fiber. And it was a mess. And, um, <laughs> So they got the first shot and it was bouncing all over the place. And they're like, what the fuck is the matter with this car? And they're all blaming me. And I'm like, it doesn't have suspension. Ask Tommy. And uh, so sure enough. So finally, at that point, we had proven ourselves with the rest of the car. And um, I just said, hand me the chassis and we'll fix it. And we did. We we put the suspension in it and um, made the rest of the movie with it that way. But holy shit, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, we we built that car in just over three months. Crazy. I mean, I, I did, we did see the documentary, but a lot of this that you've mentioned obviously is not in there and stuff. No. So this does paint even no. more of a picture of like just how under the gun a lot of you were when it comes to this. It was insane. It was like, I mean, literally, I've been in tough spots on a lot of movies. Um, nothing compares to this one. This was Jeez. this was literally impo- like I thought. Well, that's it. I'm I'll go bag groceries after this because I'm fucked. <laughs> Is this <laughs> why uh, when they're like Batman and Robin's coming and they're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, they um yeah. So sure enough, the, we got lucky on this one. You know, it was a bad movie, but it did well in the box office. So what do you do? You make another one. And Joel called up and he said just that. He goes, you know, we got lucky on that last one. Uh, but mm. we're going to do another one. We want to do another Batmobile. You know, you're ready to go. And this is when I was on. Um, I was I was just off our jingle all the way. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that again, man. <laughs> and uh, I turned I it down. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> I, I recommended Harold Belker, who was a friend of mine at the time. And he did he did the next Batmobile. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, it is. I, I had wondered too when you brought up how Joel had that resentment towards you because it seemed like you had the audacity to be like, eh, maybe that's not such a good idea. And now, uh, but I wasn't sure if that led to the reason why you were on Batman and Robin, but it looks like he was gracious enough to offer it to you, even though it sounded like it was going to be hell 
in order to uh, get on that one because I know that one was a similar thing of tight schedule, need to make it to this 1997 date, that type of stuff. Yeah, he. Um, what we did worked. I mean, Joel is a professional, you know, even though, and um, and yeah, like those kinds of things you just push aside. Mm-hmm. And so the call did come, right? And I really didn't want to do it. And there's two main reasons. Um, one was I did it already. Mm-hmm. Um, and two was like, I, I don't want to go through that hell again, because part of me was like, just, I didn't want to go through the experience again. But the other part of me was like, if I'm faced with this again, I won't pull it off twice. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Harold had, Harold had more time than I did. Um, and what he had was what I, you know, what I told the studio, I, I did leave with this. I said, the next time you have Charlie do it from the ground up and you take effects out of it. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did. And, oh, and okay. so they, they built that chassis. It was beautiful, man. That chassis of Harold's car was a piece of art to frame, just absolutely gorgeous. Charlie had some of the best chassis builders in the business doing it. And, um, and so that car through and through was a piece of art um, from its mechanics to its final design to its final execution. So Charlie um, stayed on. Obviously, we, they just kept the shop was basically it was an abandoned warehouse by the Burbank um, airport. That's where we set up. And um, mm. he just continued on. He went back to back from this movie to then Batman and Robin he stayed in the same space, built um that Batmobile and then the other, like the Freeze Mobile, they did all the vehicles. Wow. The yeah. Did did Schumacher not? How, how did he feel about Batman Forever in general? He didn't think it was that great ultimately, or he? I I think that. Um, well, let me just answer it this way. It's very telling that when we met up about Batman and Robin that he said, we got lucky on the first one. Uh-huh. Right. right. That's, I mean, that's what I, yeah. It's very telling that. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that he laid an egg, but it's not a good movie. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's fun to watch with a box of box of popcorn. And so I, I can appreciate that. But if you're, truly a fan of what Bob Kane developed, well, what those guys, I should say, developed as a character. I mean, this is a vigilante who was a detective mm-hmm. um, that, um, you know, other movies, I think, capitalize on that character better than the Schumacher movies do. Even I though I you. appreciate him trying to bring the camp back into it, which was fun you know mm-hmm. right so okay. i i mean listen i could turn i could turn that movie on and watch it again and enjoy it mm-hmm. but i don't get um i don't get submersed in it the way i do in like you know the dark knight or you know films like that or even the latest batman Mm-hmm. I understand. Where, yeah, where the where the where there's a depth to the character development there that just I, I'm you got me. I'm 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 sunk in. It seemed like he had, 
there was some attempt at depth anyway with the all the scenes that were cut out though with the the big bat and everything yeah yeah was that his um, decision or no you know i don't know i to I cut that out that. i'm not sure i'm not sure okay. about that mm -hmm. um because knowing joel like this is the guy that made falling down like the guy's mm -hmm. dark he really is yeah. right 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 and right. he's capable of telling a dark story but i think between what the what direction the studio was thinking they wanted to go and and joel um wanting to go down that road with them that it that combined it turned into and then also just you know writing in the riddler and two-face and stuff like that like uh -huh. um this is the direction it took mm -hmm. did he get the job mainly because of falling down the studio was like oh this can be this director is going to be our next batman guy no i think he um i think they called him because he's under contract with warner brothers you know he's done a lot of films with them and the guy was just a solid storyteller and director and um i mean artist who's capable yeah. of a lot of different genre yeah and um and i guess for lack of a better term i i i i chalk it up to warner brothers um considering him their go-to guy just okay. knowing <laughs> that they could trust a really super important franchise to him because they know that he he's more than capable like he's a super talented director you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure um so I, that's why i i don't i don't it wasn't specific my opinion is it wasn't specifically because of falling down i mean falling down wasn't a huge box office success neither was the client mm -hmm. i think they both did okay but it was the fact that he continually showed up, you know, for the studio um, successfully and was more than competent. I mean, the dude was talented. That's probably an element of, of making the studio happy, considering that mm -hmm. uh, they probably weren't super happy with the, you know, so the more adult content that was in Batman Returns, which is kind of what led to this, you know, more kid friendly direction. I, I'd agree with that. Schumacher was like, I that. like, I like Adam West a lot. So sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you, you want to listen when you make an, as you guys know, I mean, making a movie is literally the risky, one of the riskiest investments you can make. So the return mm -hmm. on your investment is, is nail biting. And um, so they, you know, marketing and all that, when they put together a budget of what they're willing to spend on a movie, it's well thought out on what the return's going to be on it. And especially if it's rated PG to PG 13, let alone R, because you're cutting your audiences down. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, the studio knows that they've got a, a franchise that can cater to a much, much bigger audience, meaning, you know, the kids and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. what do you, what do you do to, you know, to, to change that. Um, and I think that that was part of the direction here as well. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the more McDonald's friendly between the two that you worked on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, I listen, bottom line is I'm super thankful for doing the movie, even though it was hell. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like super thankful for Joel. I'm really thankful for Barbara Ling. Um, I'm thankful for Bill Young for like finally, even after that, that horrible meeting, 
giving giving me the chance to you know i wasn't proven to like joel was i mean i wasn't a proven dynamo like tommy fisher and he he i'm thankful that he we made the deal that we made and i went and made the car that i had to make with the people i trusted you know for sure that's awesome yeah and it paid off i think and so we have a few more of the um the concept art of that batmobile and stuff and i understand from the documentary you had a chance to drive it and uh it didn't exactly come out in one piece <laughs> yeah so so um i was so i was actually the first person to t test drive it before the stunt driver which was just right like right outside the shop and then um after the whole uh, suspension issue that i was telling you Mm -hmm. Once we got the suspension in, the car was due to shoot in two days after that. Oh, my wow. God. And so I took it. You saw a little bit. Of, so you saw the documentary. So you saw a little bit of me in the cockpit of the car, we, mm -hmm. you know, and then driving. About. Okay, so that was right in front of the shop. And it was in this industrial park. And if you see on the other side of the car, there's this chain link fence back there separating us from a bunch of property with a bunch of... Um, you know, barbed wire, curly wire on top of the chain link fence and just this gnarly fence that was out there. And so the idea was, so we built two cars. I don't know if you know this or not. One was the, the hero car um, for all the beauty shots. And then we built a stunt car. We built a second one that had separate rear and front brakes so that you could spin mm -hmm. it, do 180s in it. Mm -hmm. So we put suspension in both cars and we took the stunt car out because that was the one that was going to get shot uh, in two days to test the suspension. And so I, I just took it, we took it out in front of the shop, had all the, you saw all the guys out there. Those were all the guys mm -hmm. that built the car, the mechanics, the body guys, the, you know, everybody. And I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go down. The reason we we're videoing it is because we're going to send it back to the studio to show them that the suspension's working and the wing wasn't going to wiggle. So I said, I'm going to go down, I'm going to come back up as fast as I can, then I'm going to go down and I'm going to do a 180 and spin it around. Um, and and then let me know when you got it all. I'll be facing the depth time and we'll put it back in the shop and I'll take the I'll take the footage over to the studio right away. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So I go down and come back up and I go down the street and I stomp on the, on the uh, front brakes, I believe it was to spin it around. And I got about halfway, around, I got about halfway around and all of a sudden I just hear this and you know, and the car is like jerking and abruptly stops. And I had driven it enough at that point that I had a pretty good feel for the car and I didn't know what the hell happened. I'm like, did I just drop the motor? Did I lose the rear end? Like, did the whole did the whole rear end just like blow out of the chassis? What you know? That, those are the first things. My and I look out the out the windshield, which you know your visibility is pretty tight in there. Mm -hmm. And half the guys have their face in their hands, <laughs> shaking their heads. Oh no! And you know, so I I pop the canopy and I stand up and I look. Nothing's wrong in front, and I look behind me. And I wadded up that fucking 16 foot wing in that chain link fence and chewed off about two and a half, three feet of it. Oh my God. And this thing is out of carbon for, I mean, completely destroyed this wing. 
And so, like I said, the documentary, I wasn't everybody's favorite person in the shop that, that day. They sure. wanted to kill me because there's <laughs> one, you know, these guys are gearheads and it's one, you know, there's always that thing about, yeah, you know, here comes the designer, you know, there's Bob Wise and tell us what they get, right? And, oh yeah, the designer's got to test drive it for the little, blah, and sure enough, I wadded it up and they're all like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally, literally the car shoots in two days there's no way i'm calling up production going yeah we got a problem uh car's not going to be ready like that doesn't happen mm. so we got the car back in the shop removed the wings off the top of the car put them back in the molds relayed up the last three feet last four feet of it um, again, this is honeycomb and carbon fiber, and then also an epoxy inlay on the inside. So it's a huge process. Mm-hmm. Normally, that would take two two days just to bag and bake it all, and then have wow. to paint it. So mm-hmm. they did it in record time. We feathered it all in, repainted it, and had it ready for camera on time uh, two days later. It was insane. Jesus. I, I mean, like I think I ended that movie with everybody hating me. <laughs> Fortunately, it sounds like it. Everybody in the shop. Everybody. In the shop. I say that, but they, these are the guys that went on, and we did, you know, the fantastic car together. We did Mission Mars together. I mean, these guys built mm. fucking shitloads of vehicles that I've designed mm-hmm. for me. So it was, they, they forget you, know, you. They got over it. <laughs> I'd hope so. That's great. Nice. All right. Well. With the uh, with that on the Batmobile, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll go over the rest of the movie. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about retro gaming. It's a lot about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. First season will be dropping soon, much sooner than I'm on a recon. The co-host for this one will be Mike Torres. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well. And we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, a.k.a. EGM. So stay tuned for that. So please be on the lookout for Gaming Gaiden Podcast coming soon. Class is back in session, and HyperX has the grade A gear you need for dorm life, remote classes, and for schooling folks online. Shop the HyperX Back to School deals going on now at HyperX.com to help make your return to student life a breeze. Comfortable cloud headsets can keep you focused in as you cram for finals with some lo-fi beats and stay productive with lightweight Pulsefire mice, responsive alloy keyboards, and more. Keep your GPA and your KDA high with HyperX products and accessories. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Do you like the TV show Friends? Then check out Watching Friends with me, Mark, and me, Ryan, every week as we go through every episode of this iconic TV show, giving you behind-the-scenes facts, 
our thoughts on every scene, and some personal stories. Do you know which actor can't remember how many seasons of the show there are? How about the one common household object that could never be seen on the show? We've got the answers and more as we explore Friends in depth every week. Watching Friends, only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Find inflation the old-fashioned way by spending less money. Check out the HyperX store at Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. Stock up on new gaming gear so you'll be equipped for the new launches and content drops. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't stick around long. Class is back in session and HyperX has the grade A gear you need for dorm life, remote classes, and for schooling folks online. Shop the HyperX back-to-school deals going on at HyperX.com to help make your return to student life a breeze. Comfortable cloud headsets can help keep you focused in as you cram for finals with some lo-fi beats and stay productive with lightweight pulse fire mics, responsive alloy keyboards, and more. Keep your GPA and your KDA high with HyperX products and accessories. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. It's back to school time. We want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best gear yet. The Manscaped fourth-generation performance package is just that. Be ready for whatever it is in your daily schedule this year. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Fellas, go for the valedictorian of ball trimming and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code Johnson's Ballsack. Yes, that's a real code. <laughs> 100% real. Yes. So this is apparently the part in the ad read where I tell you about hurting my balls while trimming below the waist. The thing is, I haven't because I've never hurt my balls <laughs> through it while using Manscaped. Me, personally, that's not to say that you can't. I'm just saying that I have it myself. So thanks to Manscaped, I don't have a story to share on that. Yeah, uh, I one time shaved my sack without, <laughs> without Manscaped, and it didn't end up well. Actually, my, roo my roommate had to clean up the mess because I was in college and forgot about it. But anyway, that's a side. That's a, I was young I once. You I was young once. But yes, you want to keep in the bush to, to keep it, to keep in your underoos. Keep 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 your package in the underoos. All right. You gotta Indeed. have it looking looking good down there, you know what I'm saying? And seem big. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> School is back and the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to teach the boys a lesson on male hygiene. Inside, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, <laughs> crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and the shed travel bag. This package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0, and will give you the confidence to do anything you desire, including showing off your dick. <laughs> new year, new you, might screw around and attend Smooth Balls University this fall. Wait, is that a thing? This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic braid, sorry, blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also allows you to shave your pencil down and customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four. As you guys can probably tell, we did not write this. 
<laughs> we love, I mean, these are the most fun ads, though, dude. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Lawnmower 4.0 has also has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. So if you're needing to shave your balls in the dark, they the got you in the bat cave always on brand uh please use the led spotlight mm. and uh did i mention it's waterproof as well so if you want to shave in the dark underwater in atlantis in atlantis <laughs> if your bat cave is also in atlantis <laughs> Double power. There, you, there you go i mean they got you yeah. covered what can i say indeed that's what aquaman 2 is about so this package also comes. I'm going to say legally we it's not that but <laughs> yes okay. that package... was commentary <laughs> yes uh, this package also comes with a weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and your ear the weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system this nose and ear hair uh, this nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nick snags and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your pubes and cleaning your holes, show them some love with the Manscaped Liquid Formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver, Ball Toner are here to get you ready for class during the day and ready to party at night. And again, when you party at night, <laughs> you could at night be shaving your balls just fine because it has a light on it. Mm -hmm. And also, I did have a friend, <laughs> speaking of ball deodorant, I had a friend one time that's going to remain nameless that did spray cologne on his dick, and it hurt. It was a bad idea, he said. So you don't want to do that. You need deodorant, especially made for your balls. Indeed. And that's where they're here for, guys. Mm -hmm. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. One is a comfy front pack for your balls, and the other is a backpack for your goods. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack. And I'm telling you, it's real. We've yep. had a lot of people talk about this, asking, <laughs> and it's 100% real. Uh, we wouldn't be doing these actual official ads if mm -hmm. it wasn't real. But so, yeah, 20% off plus free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack at manscaped.com. Take the last line, Ben. This year, graduate with a degree in clean balls from Manscaped. And welcome back. And we're going to go uh, take Tim through a blast from the past through all the different concept art that we have from the movie, starting with this two-faced design, one side significantly bigger than the other. But I think that's just a <laughs> style choice for the concept yeah. art. Uh, I don't remember the sketch, but that's a really cool sketch. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got some, I guess, Alcatraz being something looking like Alcatraz turned into Claw Island uh, wow. for the CG. Uh, now we've got the giant bat stuff. I don't know if you were ever involved with the giant bat. That no, I remember I remember some of this footage, though, being screened. And um, that's all I can that's all I can add to it. Um, Do you remember the general man, reaction to it? Because I'm sure there's a, I mean, I, we love the scene, but I'm, I'm sure for the first time for people who aren't used to like a metaphysical type of presence in the movie, they're like, wait a minute, what? I know. When it comes up. 
No, I don't. I don't remember the reaction to it. Um, the only thing it does is give me hives about the Batmobile because I, <laughs> I was shown so much footage of bats and their anatomy and everything else in regards to like inspiration <laughs> for the car. Oh, <laughs> Anytime okay. I see a bat now, I like, I break down and hive. Oh um, man. No, so, sorry, it's a sidetrack, but no, I don't, I don't remember, um, any of the reaction to it or, uh, any of the concept behind the, the metaphysical stuff. It's all good. It, no. it's all good. Yeah. Uh, we got some stuff for Gotham city as well. We had a very different Gotham city, uh, this time around on it, but still beautiful. <laughs> still a great guy. Yeah. This is Matt Codd's work and holy shit. That guy could <laughs> draw. Nobody knows and draws architecture like mm. Matt Codd. Like, look at this stuff. Can you imagine putting that together? Yeah. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, bit of Chase Meridian's costume. Yeah. Wayne Enterprises. Some sketches of Wayne Enterprises, but then, of course, these beautiful takes on Wayne Enterprises during the day and at night. Yeah. I did the um, first iteration, actually, in between Batmobile sketches of that uh, the Wayne Enterprises. I did a huge painting of, oh. of those the two colored paintings that you showed there. Um, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, this one. Um, so I you did, did earlier so versions of this? Earlier, earlier versions of this that were basically... Mm basically this uh minus the giant sculptures behind um Wayne uh, it's still with the waterfall yep yep so the you know, this is, this is my favorite wing tower in uh, in live action it's really cool me too yeah there so. was some good design in this movie for mm -hmm. jim carson stuff yeah he did all the riddler stuff yeah with the uh, the box and stuff so all the different headgear that we have here uh more of the the circus and Gotham yeah, City type stuff. Marty Klein again. Uh, Badass. We've got Two Faces Lair over here. Uh, yep. And then another one from Carlos with uh, the Riddler with the purple hair that's in like one of the earlier drafts yeah. on the Riddler. Man. More Riddler Carlos stuff. Dante. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the Two Faced Thug on the right from Carlos, yep. I believe. So, yeah, these guys, man, they can draw. <laughs> it's great just looking at all this uh let's see more riddler stuff that we have here the, the different props the claw <laughs> island this one here so the one that the on-camera prop of that um card with the ping pong ball going back and forth mm -hmm. jim carson he not only draws and designs really well like this but he built that prop oh wow like he really he ended, up, he ended up building a lot of the stuff that he designed oh yeah yeah, he he would figure out he'd figure out all the mechanics and then he'd put together like on Wild Wild West, um, he designed the giant spider for Loveless. Oh well, wow. John yeah. Peter's and, favorite guy. Yeah, right. And Jim yeah. Carson, uh, he, he he literally built a mechanized leg that actually went to show how he would Jeez. walk. I mean, he, the guy, yeah, he's incredible. Incredible. I'd I'd love uh, some sort of prop like this. You know, just sitting in the office. Me too. Anyway, so, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, that's the that's kind of cool. talent that's working on these things. Yeah, and yep. then he would draw this shit, it. right? It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Nigma Tech Party. Awesome. Oh, Tech more costumes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So these are all great. Uh, the cave beneath the cave. Yeah. Very beautiful here. Uh, and then more of uh, Carlos's designs for Robin. Oh yeah, that's a the one on the left is a real 
famous sketch that he did. Mm -hmm. Another one. I don't recommend that. Oh, that's Matt Codd. So yeah, he, he uh, designed the the bat plane, which we built as a miniature. Uh, Charlie built it as well. TFX. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Built the miniature. A little bit of both uh, the Batmobile and the Batwing here, different vehicles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the matte painting, I believe, of uh, when the boat comes out. Oh, man, I guess. (laughs) I should tell you a story about that bat boat. Um, Please do. Really? You want to? (laughs) Yeah. So so we designed the bat boat, and we... um, I, I hired a guy that uh, up in Oregon who built riverboats, um, and he 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 built these beautiful alum, aluminum riverboats that like he was perfect for this thing. So we brought him down, showed him my sketch, um, which you guys had shown earlier, and just said you know, and showed him the Batmobile and all that stuff, and just said, can you pull this off as a in aluminum as a boat that can actually function and run? And he said, well, you know, it just depends. He says, yeah, I can build it, but, you know, it's basically just going to go in a straight line. There's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do with it because the design's so funky and, you know, the beam's got to be narrow. And we said, you know, and according to the script, you know, it was going to jump out of this tunnel, but everyone was saying, yeah, we're going to do that in in a miniature. So I said, (laughs) I'm sorry, we have to be there because this involves Tommy <laughs> Fisher again. So we got to go into Tommy Fisher. So, so fast forward, this guy, I, a couple trips up to Oregon, he builds the whole of the boat um, and most of it. And then Charlie built the, um, the ribbing for it and all that, right? So it's a functioning boat. It's a jet drive boat. So it doesn't have a propeller. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, he delivers it. It's good to go. So, we get the crew call. We're we're gonna shoot the bat boat. Uh, it's out on uh, the Castaic Lake, you know, out in California. Um, it's a night shoot, and uh, it just talks about it doing kind of a serpentine, you know, thing across the water. Okay, fine. So I get there, and <laughs> there's this there's this dock off the off the lake with this big metal ramp attached to it, shaped in a V. And, Tom, and Tom, Tommy Fisher's guys are out there with paint rollers, rolling grease on it. And I walk on the dock and I'm like, what's going on here? Why is, what is this thing? Why is there a ramp attached to this dock? And why is it being greased up? Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna jump the boat. I'm like, you're gonna say again? What? Yeah, we're gonna jump the boat. We got a camera. We got a camera here. We got three cameras on it. We're, we're jumping the boat. I was like, that boat's not designed to jump anything. That, that boat's <laughs> designed to go basically in a straight line and take a couple turns. Oh no, no, no! We got the best stunt guy around. His name was Diamond Phillips or something. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like listen, you guys, you guys can't jump that boat. It's not safe. It wasn't, you know, it's a, and Tommy Fisher like, ah, we can jump anything. I can put enough power behind Tommy's <laughs> boat. 
save it all. He must do the well, the hold, blah, blah, blah. We can jump it. We got enough grease on this thing. Throw a bowling ball up and it'll go 40 yards. That producer comes back. He's like, are you doubting Dummy Fisher? Again? <laughs> exactly. And guess what? I shouldn't have. Because a little grease and a little inertia. He's right. You fucking launch anything. It doesn't matter. So, um, so I'm like, well, how are, how are you proposing to do this? And they're like, well, he's just going to back up, you know, so far, accelerate and go up the ramp. And he's just going to go, you know, 20 yards, just enough to, we just need to get the boat in the air and then we'll cut to, cut to the miniature. Okay. So, um, Diamond comes out of his, <laughs> Diamond, he comes out of his trailer. And if I remember correctly, he had a girl on each arm as he was walking down to the of course <laughs> what really <laughs> wow like you know, typical stunt man you know super dude you know and this guy has driven every boat that's ever been made and he's gonna <laughs> jump the bat boat so they got safety in the water uh uh it's two two boats um with full fire extinguishers and all that because i'm like look we've got two propane tanks on this thing to fire off the flame on it right so it's like you're launching a floating bomb you know and yeah we don't we've done this all we know we're doing (laughs) so he comes down and i'm like uh diamond you're good with this you're good with jumping this boat and he was like yeah i i i can i can make it work i'm like it's only got a whatever it was i think it was like a six foot beam you know it was really narrow so you're not worried about the beam? I mean, it's got this huge wing coming off of it. I mean, I, it's not aerodynamic. He goes, no, no, no. I, he goes, I've jumped worse. You've got to okay. trust the stuntmen. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he gets in the boat. And I mean, this thing's got like 400 horsepower. This guy put a, he put a ridiculous jet drive in it. He didn't need to, you know. And we put these, <laughs> we put these little um, metal uh, tabs on each end of the back end to make, uh, to make rooster tails come out of this thing. So he gets going on it and he starts going down. He got it all lit. He's kind of doing the serpentine thing and getting a feel for it. He comes around and he comes around in a loop and he, when he drives by the ramp and then he comes around again, he drives by the ramp and he gets on the radio and he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. All right, ready. Everybody's ready. Roll camera. And he comes around, he comes around. And I'm like thinking to myself, this is medieval. What's going on in here? Like, this is how we do <laughs> Sure enough, man, I remember like it was yesterday. He like took that, he, he didn't stop here and accelerate. He came around in a circle and approached the ramp this way and launched the boat. And it was like in slow motion. I mean, this thing went 40 yards and Jeez. it started just, just to like barely kind of turn over like this but it landed and it landed pretty good like um <laughs> i would think pulled it off and i was like oh my god thank god he he did it and uh they were like um you know maybe we should we we need to get another one and i was like no you don't need another one you got it like mm-hmm. no you always get you got to get another one you need to <laughs> need to back up check the gate Let's go again. And he came up to the dock and I'm like, really, you're going to go again? He's, oh yeah, no, I got it. No problem. And, um, he did the same, 
did the same thing. They greased up that ramp again, you know, with the paint rollers. He came around, but this time he came around faster. And he launched this thing, and he was in the air too long. And sure enough, the nose, like, it, it, it started to dive in, and he landed on the nose. And not only did he land on the nose, but he hit the fin first because it went off to the side. I thought, this is it. He's, you know, he's done. Mm-hmm. It hit the fin, and then it bounced, and it went on the nose down into the water. And you could see him kind of come out of the cockpit. He had uh, shin guards and all that stuff on, so you, you you knew that was hitting the dashboard. Kind of came out of the cockpit and then bounced back, and the boat like kind of bounced in the water like this when it landed. And um, and he stood up, and sure enough, all of a sudden, <clears throat> a, 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 a poof of flame came out of one of the propane tanks and all of a sudden there was a flame going on and to this guy's credit because if i'm sitting out there in the middle of a lake and a propane tank ignites next to me Mm -hmm. i'm jumping overboard yeah and he's standing there and you could hear him and and he just looked up as calm as could be and he's fire suppression and the (laughs) boat came in and they put it out real quick and um and that was it. So they ended up using the first shot in the movie and you can see it's not like the boat's not flying perfect. And then they, then they cut to another shot of him just, you know, uh, going along in the lake. But anyway, we jumped a bat oh. boat that wasn't designed to jump. And I mean, respect to the stuntmen and Tommy yeah, Fisher seriously. because like they made it work. It was crazy. Anyway, that's we're never going to see that shot in the same way again. Now, it's amazing. It's amazing. Just all the work that gets put into just that one part, but so vital. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Man, all right. We've got um, Two Face playing Battleship. We've got uh, Enigma's Claw Island hideout, and oh, then yeah. uh, storyboard of Arkham Asylum, and then a fantastic look at Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Joe Griffin. That we love. Yeah, yeah. Joe is a great dude. This looks like merchandising art for Gotham, maybe. Yeah, I don't recognize uh, it. Yeah, and then we kind of just have a bunch of slides of different gadgets. Uh, I don't know if you were as involved with the gadgets this time around versus in returns, but uh, no, um, this was all Chris Ross. So remember when I was talking uh, to you about the Rocket Pack Penguins last week mm-hmm. and how Rick Heinrichs, we all had a hand in how we designed them. Well, Chris Ross ended up building the proof of concept harness and helmet and all that for the rocket pack penguins so he was a guy that was a model maker in effect shops back in the day here's his signature but he Mm -hmm. was also he could draw like a mother and he was a good designer he had Mm -hmm. you know experience at art center and all that and so he was hired on here to do all the props so he would design them by um by marker sketch like you see here and then he would build them He'd build the proof wow. uh, of all of them. I've got, fuck, I've got, um, I've got one of his props in my, it's not here, it's in my office. Hopefully the artwork comes out. It's the, it's the one where Batman's under, this one. I own this prop. There we go. Wow. Oh, wow. I have this, I have this prop. He made me a copy. I don't have the on-camera one. He made me the exact copy of this one. That's awesome. Uh, this is so, one of my favorite props of all time. Look how cool that thing is. For, for listeners, this is the, uh, Grapnel, the the bat, the sort of grapnel net thing that I think Batman uses to capture the um, capture the two faced thugs underwater. Right, I believe, right. It's the net one. Yep. Okay. So he yeah. would literally go from this marker sketch to then he would build 
he, he would use uh, cast material that you make casts out of and all that, and hmm. you know lay all these up between that and plus he was doing it all in his office in the art department. So he's like drawing the shit, and then he'd make it, and then it would go on camera. So he had all the molds there, and and um, anyway, oh, wow. so I love this prop. I mean, I just think it's awesome. So yeah, Fantastic. this is Chris Ross. He did all this stuff. Oh, props to Chris Ross on all this. This is these are all the fantastic guys. I hired actors. him on Speed Racer when Johnny Depp was going to be Speed Racer, and he was like, "Tim, wow. I, don't, I don't do cars." And I'm like, "Chris, you're a genius. You can, <laughs> you can I need anything. you to do all the interiors. I need to find the interior of the Mark Five, and yeah, mm-hmm. so that's cool." Jeez, no, these are all great uh, on this. We sort of love the the different aspects of the the variety of different gadgets that we get to see in these films too. You know, it's crazy. Look at all that. Yeah. See the amount of work. Seriously, mm-hmm. Let's see I remember all the stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> we kind of wanted to end on on something that uh, today was a, the day of this recording is when we re- premiered the previous episode on Batman Returns, and um, I know when we first started before we hit record that you haven't had a chance to, to check it out yet. But one thing I, I thought would be good to share to you because it's rare for us to get you know a guest to come back the very next week right after the premiere and stuff to get to see some of the the comments on this. But I really wanted to share these to you because of the fact that, you know, we know that a lot of times the, the overall look and the design, a lot of times that just gets credited to Schumacher or gets credited to Burton or then to another extent to, you know, Barbara Ling or Bo Welch. And, and, and there are a lot of people who are our fans who really like to study this stuff too. Uh, and, and are aware of, uh, just how much work is done and all the people who are part of it. So I thought I would share some of the comments to you. We usually do the fan comments afterwards, but this in this particular episode, we're going to do it now. So uh, here we go. So mm-hmm. uh, Oliver Emerald says, Tim Flattery designed our childhood. Batman Returns, Forever, Turbo Man. I saw his name in end credits of Power Rangers 1995 movie and many, many more. Looking forward to this. And then Evan Zaramba commented below, I like the way he designed the Val Kilmer Batmobile. He's amazing. I gotta say, since there's a mention of Turbo Man there, yes, I didn't know you had done Turbo Man before we, I, before I started doing my cursory research for this ep- for the first episode. That was a heavy hitter of the '90s in our generation, man. Like oh, that was man. one of the most popular toys probably that year too, right? When they sold the actual one, do you remember the it, sales figures at all on that? And and um, the uh, Tommy has come out with. Um, Sorry, the, it's it, going it to has get, done a it yeah. has done a resurgence in the last three years. That's huge, but um, they've come oh, out nice. with a whole <laughs> line um, of oh, these man. guys. Brian Levant, the director, he and I uh, had a phone conversation last year, and he said, "Do you know these are coming out now?" And he goes, well, "You gotta, you gotta check it out." And so Brian and I collect all this stuff. So um, I, I don't. I, Sorry to get a sidetrack, but boy, there's some stories on Jingle All the Way that are some good ones. I was um, connected to Arnold's hip for four months after I designed Turbo Man and Bob <laughs> Kirsten built it because I was responsible for mm-hmm. getting the suit on and off them, making them look good, and you know just being on set every day with them. And we'll we'll talk about that another time. There's some <laughs> there's right. some great stories with Jingle All the Way and Arnold Schwarzenegger, like yeah. really great stories. He's that was. That was a big one. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody my age saw that, that and, and then uh, half the people that saw it bought the Turbo Man that year also. So, so yeah, that's cool. It it's big. I you can't. I the the I still like once a week I get an email from somebody wanting <laughs> really 
a, a, a assigned copy of my final rendering at Tur Turbo Man. Like, wow. It's, 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 I don't know what's happened in the last however many years, but Jingle All the Way has like got this cult following that mm -hmm. wasn't there before. And it's come on like a freight train all of a sudden, which I'm really glad about. I mean, I, th yeah, I think yeah. a lot of it is because the, the kids who grew up with it are now adults and we still yeah. have the love for it. And so we, yeah. we now are like, hey, why don't we seek out, you know, the guy who designed Turbo Man or the guy who designed the, you know, the Batmobile, like all that type of stuff. Mm hmm. And that was, um, yeah, those were, those were, those are fun days. <laughs> Definitely fun days. And industry is much different now. And, um, mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, it's, it's fun to like, Hey, we want to do this, uh, campy, uh, superhero. And Oh, by the way, it's on a Schwarzenegger. Can you design and build a suit? And, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I know you, you said that you had turned down Batman and Robin for Jiggle all the way. And I think we can all agree you made the right choice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> You did totally, yeah. That's true. It must have been tough like turning down Batman, but but yeah, I, I get it. With, after hearing your story, you had a death threat on you. It sound, sounded like <laughs> not really. I just it was it was definitely like my yeah my career was on the line. Your that, career that was okay. made clear. But, you know, like it was like it's on you, kid. You want this it's on you. So that was that was definitely uh, a strong message. For yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. By the way, I did want to show real quick. I did grow up with this uh, kind of. I don't know who did it. I'm trying to do it in oh. better lighting uh, on it, but uh, it is a chromium print of Bat the Batmobile in front of the uh, Gotham City. Don't know who did it. I don't have a credit on the back on it, but that's super anyway. cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. I for some reason that that's familiar to me, Ben, but I haven't. I've never seen that in person. I'll have to check that out. I'll see oh, if I can wow. find a link to send to you uh, on that, okay. but. Uh, continuing the comments here, we got uh, Evan Zaramba oh, again being uh, Tim Flattery is a great concept artist, great man. Logan Wood, <laughs> one of our Patreon patrons, says, Living legend, this guy. Uh, and then uh, on Instagram, one of our followers, Dark Matter Incorp, says, Huge fan, huge fan of Flattery, truly the goat, what he does. So much iconic work. Wow. That's, so, um... wanted to share that to you. Well, thanks for sharing. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's uh, mm. much appreciated. And like I say, just to know that um, we, you know, like we can have this dialogue and talk about the things that we talk about, even the the designs that didn't make it and how they resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, man, it's just like that does me, just that gives me, you know, it's like, yeah, I, so I did what I meant to do, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and like somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody gets it you know mm -hmm. no so, totally uh, I, I appreciate it in those comments um you know thank you all that that means a lot to me uh, you know we're we're like you said ben a lot of times we're um we're the guys in the dark room off to the side concept designers and um not all the time do we get credit for the work that we do or recognize uh, you know the way that we should even though there's lots of making of books of our art in there and stuff like that Mm -hmm. So uh, that means a lot. Appreciate it. Of course. Now uh, you've been involved in several superhero movies. We have not quite gotten to the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. And I'm sure, you know, there's other ones that you did too, that aren't even in that continuity. Um, but uh, you know, we'd love to bring you back on for any of those talk Marvel as yeah. much as you can without incurring the wrath of Kevin Feige and, and Marvel snipers at that point. But uh, any of that. Yeah, kind of stuff. 
you guys are aware of that. Yeah, Marvel doesn't mess around, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Maybe some. Yeah, yourself. no, happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I can't talk about uh, Black Panther or Wakanda forever, but now that Thor's out or any of the other ones that I've worked on, because they're, they're they've been out, and uh, mm-hmm. certainly can talk. Maybe not as uh, great of a most of that stuff because now I work from home. Uh, the stories aren't there um, like they are from the other days, especially like something like Jingle All the Way. Um, uh, okay, gotcha. Where it's from yeah. concept and then you know four months on set you know where mm-hmm. with you know um so anyway um yeah I'll, anytime just give me a holler this is like i said to you originally this is like the first time i heard you guys were like these guys these guys get it big time and mm-hmm. I, I was when i first was listening to you i wanted to jump through the screen and tell you some of these stories and so i'm glad that, <laughs> i'm glad i got the opportunity to share them with you because i know you guys um you guys are coming from the right place Mm-hmm. Thank you, and thank you for coming on and for everything that yeah. you've done. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. And with that, right, guys, that is superhero stuff you should know. Thanks again for having me. Big thanks to Dan for bringing up the visuals for the YouTube experience with us and Tim. And uh, just as a quick post-credit scene, this has been going around the internet. It is the burnt Christopher Walken head from Batman Returns. Uh, I don't know who this guy is or holding it up. Uh, maybe I should have asked Tim on that, but uh, it's it looks pretty fucked up. Amazing. Uh, so we it's got cool. that. And then uh, as a basically a reply, we uh, we did address one of the comments actually from last time uh, from I might be butchering the name Kendarius Dupree. Art who uh, commented about the uh, Batmobile saying that one of the uh, concept art Batmobiles we were looking over was a toy. He actually sent us the uh, the toy itself, pictures of the toy. Uh, it looks like it is the total destruction Batmobile. There's still some differences, but that does look closer than the one that uh, mm-hmm. we were able to find. So that's pretty cool. You can check out Kendarius at Kendarius Dupree Art uh, as the Instagram handle, I believe. And uh, nice. since we already did the fan comments, over to the shout-outs. Oh, man, so quick this time. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody up on the board, plus some of our more recent uh, people that have joined, which would include uh, Chris F., MetaGeek, Chuck, ATWT, Chris R., and Chris M., and our other supporters as well, also up on the board. Thank you again, everybody. Uh, can't do the show without you. And then, uh, please, if you want to get up on the board, you want to join that $1 tier at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod that gets you the shout out uh on the board uh and then the five dollar tier gets you the shout out plus a whole other show this show was every monday but uh we have a whole other show every friday behind the paywall Mm -hmm. uh the five dollar tier and uh yeah check that out cancel anytime uh and just we have over 120 episodes there behind the paywall so there that is. And then um, we also have the $10 tier, which is our monthly meetup show. Uh, join us in a Zoom-like call uh, once a month for to, to talk together uh, with listeners and to uh, you know talk about uh, a topic at hand and things like that. So yeah, that's the $10 tier. Please check that out. We have Superhouse Superhero Stuff merch. That's superhousepod.redbubble.com and superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Get all of our merch, the Ben Man, Indeed Wizard, and Zacula. 
if you remember that Zacula guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. Uh, and then uh, please send us some audio to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. Can be anything. Send us something, please. Uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube. Thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio except for amanorecon.com. That is A M A N O R E C O N.com. Things still happening. We're actually finishing up this um the cut we have like a final cut of of this um but we're going to more than likely hopefully fingers crossed get into a couple film fests we're going to the plan the plan is to submit to three that's our number Mm -hmm. we're going to see what happens with three horror film fest october's coming up as of this recording so um anyway what it is 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 r-rated power rangers meets x-files Meets Ash versus the uh, the Evil Dead kind of horror comedy uh, and Stranger Things as well. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, mix it all together and you got yourself Amano Recon. Uh, this po- poster is by Zachary Jackson Brown. Go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com, is it? Mm-hmm. That's his website. Um, man, awesome poster, dude. Um, mm-hmm. I would buy this even if it wasn't um, my movie. So uh, anyway, <laughs> other one, other one. We don't have the graphic. I don't think yet, just yet. Maybe you haven't been. I don't know. I probably should have it this one. There we go. Look at that. The guy, man, look at the Batman preparation. <laughs> Gaming Gaiden as a new limited series podcast that I'm doing on the side. It's we're going to do it in seasons. If you've seen the ranking Superman uh, video games episode, there was a guy there called Mike and Mike uh he was a guest there but he's a co-host on this one uh this is every episode's an interview and in this first season it is mainly japanese to english translators for video games we if you know anything about that super niche world um we got some heavy hitters in that world uh and that's coming in the fall uh, I don't know the exact date yet, but we've recorded almost all of this first season already. This is another thing I wanted to do with Gaming Gaiden. I wanted to record the whole thing, then release it. Uh, so that's what's happening with this. Um, and yeah, if you like, you know, video games, Japan, Japanese, Japanese, we're going to talk, talk about culture as well, Jap- like Japanese cultural type of things. Uh, kind of bigger ideas. Uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine, if you guys remember that. Um, and yeah, basically that's it. So that's it for me, Ben. Awesome. Shout out to Common Capital on Instagram as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media, of course, at Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod, TikTok. I know what I'm looking at this time. Superhero Stuff Pod. <laughs> I posted a new uh, one, by the way. <laughs> okay. I posted a little Venom. I posted a little Venom video. I read the Donny Cates run. I read oh, the nice. entire Donny Cates Venom run. So I posted something about that on our TikTok. So our TikTok is one of the few ones that I do not really do much curating on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not on TikTok in general. It's all so, on the side. I, yeah, yeah. I, I we said that last time. I was like, you know, I'll do a little something, and Venom, yeah, Venom was in my heart. So Sweet. we got like 300 views on it. So it was like cool. 
Nice, nice. And then yeah. uh, on Vero, superhero stuff pod, we pretty much post the same stuff there as on Instagram and trying oh, yeah. to get Snyder's attention when I can think of something that uh, yes. not everyone else is going to be asking him. Yes. Uh, and then my website is benwanrider.com where you can read my Gotham script, Gotham Vampire, where young Bruce faces off against the Mad Monk, as well as my spec script, Elementary, uh, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the classic story, The Adventure of the Dying Detective, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Disneyland, the curb episode they could never make where Larry David goes to Disneyland. My YouTube, my YouTube channel is in the description below where you can also check out Doctor Who, the Ronin of time, where I write, narrate and edit the eighth doctor meeting Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Juan writer. My cat's Instagram is Alfie Pennyworth cat. And if you have an Alfie as well as a peanut who had a cameo earlier in this episode, <laughs> uh, got a lot of cameos lately. Yes. <laughs> He's a, he's a mainstay in this. Yes. He's, trying, he's vying for that co-host position. He's so. he's always like, hey, what are you doing? You haven't <laughs> so, paid me attention in the past five minutes. If you have a peanut as well as an Alfie or any <laughs> type of cat, you can get the whisker box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. Uh, I should probably mention we have a promo link for that. I'm not just saying that for shits and giggles. Uh, but we do have the we have something to help you out with the whisker box, and we also have something. For oh yeah, box. we do. We haven't <laughs> honestly we haven't checked in on them in a while, <laughs> but we do have like some sort of deal with. Them. <laughs> At least we think we do. No, <laughs> we do. We do. We just. <laughs> I gotta check in back with those guys. <laughs> well. Assuming that we still do, give your daggies, dog exactly what they want with the bark box. You can get the first month off, valued at $35, for free using our promo link. And you can get that at superherostuffpod.com slash shop, where you can get all sorts of stuff, including the book that's full of concept art containing stuff by Tim Flattery. At the uh, That's the Batman, the definitive history of the Dark Knight in comics, film, and beyond by Andrew Farrago and Gina McIntyre. So that's a giant-ass book that Andrew is now holding. And, uh, yeah, if you try to basically... Yeah. If you, try to, if you try to read that when you're on the toilet, your thighs will lose <laughs> circulation. So oh, yeah, be that's careful, right. that's guys. That's what I said. Be careful about, be careful about the toilet book situation. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then let's not forget manscaped yes that is a real promo that we have in the middle it is not a joke manscaped we have a real promo code everybody get 20 percent off plus free shipping by using the promo code johnson's ballsack at manscaped.com you don't even need to use it for the platinum package for your platinum package you can use it for any <laughs> any type of package you want on there Woo! platinum or otherwise so check that out get uh, any sort of grooming product it could just be deodorant it could be it doesn't even have to be any sort of razor uh, they have all sorts of shit on there. So check it out. Manscaped.com. Use our promo code Johnson's Ballsack. I mean, you know, if you want a shiny sack, you got to use that code Johnson's Ballsack. Indeed. No apostrophe, no space, just all one word. Johnson's Ballsack. That's the promo code at checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. What a great deal, right? That's like a lot off. That's, That's like, lot. yeah. That could be like, well, whatever that. <laughs> You know, it could be a hundred dollars off whatever, <laughs> however much you buy. Like if it's whatever yeah. that twenty percent is, I mean, shit. Somebody's so, really hairy down there. It's like, oh man, I need all of this. Yes, so, yes, yes. Use so, that code, man. Yes, if you want to make your dick seem bigger, seem bigger. Emphasis on seem. Emphasis on seem. You Otherwise gotta, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you know, take take care down there. So there, it, there it is, everybody. Indeed, manscaped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, we want you to do us a favor. 
We want you to tell all your friends about us. Indeed! <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 